Hi. Okay, we're going to talk about the third counting of the Eden. This is Parsha's Bamidbar. Right now, we are in Aleph Er. This is the third time that the Yidin are being counted. The first is when they left, um, and they were counted out of love to contrast when they came. And the second time was after the sin of the golden calf. And now they're being counted with the machazis hashekel that they gave by the Mishkan. Men from 20 to 60 were counted because that's the age of war. The Nasi of each Shevet counted their machazis hashekel from their Shevet. So in... Um, and in total, there were around 600,000 men, um, 20 to 60. Um, specific was 603,550, but roughly around 600,000. Shevet Levi isn't counted because they don't go to war and because they didn't participate in the eagle. They were special and counted differently. And there were three kaihanim. Arain and his two sons, and now the Levim were appointed to assist the Kehanim with their special Levim stuff. Now let's talk about the camp. Each Shavit had a flag, right, when they were camped. Each Shavit had a flag, and its color matches match the color of the stone in the Urn Vitumim. Their, their flag matched the color of their stone in the Urn Vitumim. And in the center of, um, are the Mishkan and the Levim. The Levium are not counted from 20 to 60. They are counted from one month old. Maisha was supposed to do was supposed to go to each tent and count all the males in each tent. But Hashem says, go to each tent and a Bosco will tell you how many males are there because Maisha was worried that there might be nursing babies in the tent. He doesn't want to intrude, whatever it is. So Hashem says, instead of you walking in and counting every person, a Bosco will tell you how many is in each tent when you get to that tent. Levi had three sons, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. They each had specific jobs in the Mishkan. Okay, now we're going to talk about Birkas Kehanim. On Aleph Nisan, the day the Mishkan was set up um, and was anointed, Hashem tells Misha to, to teach Aaron how to bless the Bnei Yisrael. And how to say Birkas Kaihanim. This is the bracha of Birkas Kaihanim. Yivarachacha Hashem, may Hashem bless you with wealth, Vishmaracha, and protect you from theft. Ya'er Hashem Panev Eilacha, may Hashem shine his face in friendship, Vihuneka, so that you can be liked by others. Yisa Hashem Panev Elacha, may Hashem lift his face and overlook your negative qualities and give you peace. Now we're going to talk about some insight about their karbanes. When do we, I mean, about Berkas Kahanim, when do we say it? It has to be said in a minion, and it is said on the Shalish Regalim and in Yom Kippur, in our, in our Tisrael, it is said every Shabbos. How do we prep for it? Two points. Levi had to wash their hands. The Levi washed the, the Kahanim's hands for them. And we, the Kayanim do not wear shoes. What actually happens? The Kayan lifts his hands with, with his palms out to create three sections, like windows, and blesses the congregation. The Kayanim repeat each bracha after the Chazin in a specific melody. I don't know if it's specific. They just repeat it in a melody. What does the congregation do? We stand, not sit, and we should face the Kayanim but not look directly at them. Various laws per- pertaining to the Kayanim. 
They have to have a good relationship. There has to be a good relationship between the the kahin and the congregation. If a kahin has bad feelings towards anyone, they have to leave the shul rather than give the blessings. Men during mourning period, um, there is difference of opinion. Ask your rav because we're supposed to do. Um, for joyous occasions and when you're mourning it's not a joyous occasion god forbid spiritual dimension kaihanim are compared to a waterfall because the brachas flow um out the brachas that they give are powerful like a waterfall and it's compared to almonds because they ripe very quickly and this brachas um are really quick in actualizing. Climbing to Hashem. It gives physical sustenance and it nourishes our relationship with Hashem when we, when we give this bracha. There's a blessing for physicality and then also spiritual spirituality and our relationship with Hashem. It mentions both of these qualities by giving us physical sustenance and then nurturing our relationship with Hashem. And there's three parts of this bracha. There's serving Hashem, He's above, we're below, getting to know Hashem, but as separate entities, and then shalom, peace. Us and Hashem are one union. We're one. What makes it so special? Unity is the strongest vessel for blessing. That's why it's so strict. The word keli, right? We're making a vessel for brachais. The word keli stands for kaihen, levi, and Yisrael. It comes from love, from arain, right who Aaron was the embodiment of love and they put their palms out like they're giving the blessing not like when you're davening you put your hands up when they're giving the blessing they're giving it out to the congregation why do we talk about dreams we talk about them because they should be transformed during their bracha dreams are considered 160th a prophecy so by by going to birkas kaihanim it can nullify whatever that 60th prophecy is um but dreams are dreams really only have like meaning when it's for a tzaddik it's not a prophecy if it if you have a dream um so don't no need to worry um and also the rebbe says that bad dreams are just tactics of the Hara. now karbanes ha nasiyim so this is also happening on Olive Nisan. When Maisha tells the Yidin that they need donation, everyone brought something. The, the Kahanim said, um, everyone's giving, um, and there was so much needed, so we're going to fill in to what's not given. But everyone was so excited that they gave everything that was needed, and then Asiyam felt bad because they didn't contribute. So they ask what gift they can give. If they can give karbanes to Hashem. So with permission from Hashem, each one nasi, each day would bring a carbon for 12 days in the month of Nisan, which is why for the first 12 days of Nisan, nowadays we read the nasi. Okay. Now Parshas Baalaischad. Okay. Chanukah's Hamishkan continued. Aleph Nisan, almost a year later, right? So they left on Yodalad Nisan, Aleph Nisan of the next year. Aaron felt a little left out. Everyone brought something and contributed to the to the Mishkan, but he's but his Sheva did it. Didn't. Hashem told him, Don't worry, you're gonna light the Manera, and he gives him instructions. As it says, 
when you light the candles, which is referring to the menorah. Hashem tells Maisha, tell everyone that on this Pesach there will be an exception. Basically, Maisha told Hashem told the Yidin that you're not going to bring the carbon Pesach until you are in Eretz Yisrael. But Hashem says that this first year there's going to be an exception. I want you to keep Pesach this year. So that year on Yudalad Nisan, some people were tame from taking care of a dead body, and so they couldn't bring the carbon Pesach, and they were really sad about it. So they came to Maisha and they said, Lama Nigra, Nigara, why should we miss out? Um, can, like, can we do a part of it? We, we want to be part of this too. And Hashem says that it cannot be done in parts. But they made something called Pesach Sheni a month later, which is another opportunity to bring the Karban Pesach. And it will be forever a rule. Anyone who wasn't able to bring up the Karban Pesach for like a legitimate reason, not just because they were lazy, they were able, they had a second opportunity. Now, the Yidin are traveling. There was always a cloud hovering over the Mishkan when they were camped. Oh, and it would um, like over the Mishkan. When it was time to travel, the cloud would fold, quote unquote, over the, over it fold itself over Shevet Yehuda. As soon as the Kehanim saw the cloud move, they, they would blow a special trumpet blow that, sing, that signaled it's time to travel. The Levium had to pack up the Mishkan. They each had a job to pack up the Mishkan. And when it was time to move, um, Maisha, when it was time to move the Arayin, Maisha said these Hebrew words. When it was time to, to travel for the Arayin to travel, Maisha would say this word. Kuma Hashem. Rise Hashem, ve'yefutsu ayvecha, um, and your enemies will scatter, ve'yenutsu, and they will, um, and those who hate you, no, and they will travel, minsanacha mipanacha, and those who hate you will run away from before you. Um, and then they would travel, and when it was time to stop, the clouds would change to the shape of a hut, like a tent, um, signaling that it was time to settle. And Maisha would call up, rest everybody, rest. And the cloud would move to, to the Ayhal Mayed, the Mishkan. Um, they wouldn't know when to travel. They never knew, but the clouds basically told them. It could be a day, it could be a year, it could be months. They, they didn't know. Now, leaving Har Sinai for the first time. It's now Chaf Iyar. And they got to Har Sinai on Yud Kislev. So it's been almost a year since they got there. Suddenly, the cloud goes on top of Shevet Yehuda and everyone starts packing everything. This is the first travel since they got the Tyra. Maisha turns to his father-in-law Yisrael, who is now referred to as Chayvev, which means the cherisher because he cherishes Tyra. Here he's called Ben Reuel, um, which which is also one of his names, but there's also an opinion that his father, that this is referring to his father, and it's saying that he became close to Tyra and he took on that name. So, Yisrael came after the war with Amalek, and Maisha says, we're heading to Eretz Yisrael, but because you converted, you're not going to inherit a portion of land, but don't let that deter you. We will, sh- like, you will share, we'll share with you, you'll get 
a land, piece of land. Don't worry. But Yisrael says, I can't come without having a place to go and support my family. I have to go back. But Maisha pleads with him and says that it will look like I'm coming to you. That, that it, it will look like you're coming with ulterior motives, that you're leaving as soon as you don't get a land in the in Eretz Yisrael, now you're leaving. So Yisrael says, you're right. So what's, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and convert my family, and then we're going to bring them to Eretz Yisrael. And in the, in the end, people did um, give him land for him and his descendants. Now we're moving on to the next topic, the incident at era. So they settle, the cloud reshapes itself, and they now settle in some place called Midbar Paran. So they traveled from they traveled from the mountain of Hashem, right from Har Sinai, um, and it says that they right Vayisu Mehar Hashem. They traveled from the mountain Hashem which is Har Sinai. But it also says this because they traveled from the they traveled away from the mountain of Hashem spiritually. Um, that they're now more focused on their physical life. Hashem made a miracle and that a three-day journey took one day. They had Kvitzas Hadarach. It was a smooth ride, no stakes, no scorpions, and they got there in one day instead of three. But the heir of Rav, who were now fully converted, they started to regret their conversion. And they say, let's get on Hashem's nerves. So they say, let's complain about the journey. So they go and they say, we're so tired. We did a three-day journey in one day, blah, blah, blah. And a fire comes down and starts to consume these people and also consume the people from the opposite spectrum, the holiest, the Zikanim. And there were two reasons why it also consumed the Zikanim. One is because Hashem holds leaders responsible for the actions of their followers. And two, because they were liable for the death pen- penalty for already for gazing at the Shekhinah during Matan Tyra, and now that was being carried out. So when it started, the Yidin begged Hashem to daven, and they were doing teshuva, and they basically begged Maisha to daven and stop it, and it stopped. And so they named it, they named that place Tav Era, which means blaze. Now we're talking, okay, next topic. Basically, the negative attitude and energy from the Era of Rav spread to the other Yidin. And they began to complain to Maisha. They said, who's going to give us meat? Which was not their real complaint. Their real complaint was, they were like, why does life have to be so complicated now that we have to keep Tyron Mitzvahs. They missed when they didn't have any rules or regulations. So they just complain. They say, we miss the fish from Mitzrayim. They complain about the man. They say, we're so bored of the man. It can't even taste like watermelon, cucumber, onion, leek, garlic. Why can't it taste like that? Um, they, say, they say, because it's harmful to nursing mothers, so too bad why can't it not be harmful or why can't it just not taste like that for everyone else right and this was the ninth time that the yidzin were complaining to maisha they were basically like the arab it basically like all the yidzin were basically complaining about the man and the fish and the meat and maisha goes to maisha basically goes and complains to hashem and he says what did i do wrong that i have to deal with this nation why are they my problem what did i do wrong they're not my nation. Um, 
do like did I give birth to them that I have to now deal with them like a nursing baby and what am I gonna do without the 70 decanium it's too much on my own Maisha basically is talking to Hashem and Hashem says okay I'm gonna punish the people that are complaining and Hashem shows Maisha he says look what I'm gonna do and when Maisha sees what Hashem was planning, he says, no, if you're going to do that, kill me before. I don't even, I don't want to be around to see that kind of evil, to see the evil that will happen. So Hashem says, okay, I'm going to pick a less severe punishment, but about the Zikanim, you should appoint 70 new Zikanim and appoint them from amongst the taskmasters from Mitzrayim. The people who chose to get hit by the Mitzrayim rather than hitting their fellow Jews and explain to them that their job will be hard but it's also a great sechus so pick them from this specific crowd of people and bring these people to the Mishkan and give them instructions in front of everyone like a public meeting so when the people see that you Maisha are showing them respect they'll see that they should also show respect to the Yedin so and Hashem tells Maisha the people that complain they, that they want meat, tell them that their meat and punishment will come tomorrow. The worst complainers will eat the meat and die right away, and the others will eat it, and it will be and they will be so nauseated after eating it. The meat will be like coming out of their nose, and they'll eat it and eat it for a month, and then they'll die because they'll just be so grossed out of it and they'll die. But if they do teshuva. They have a month basically to do teshuva. Or if they don't eat it, then they won't die. But, and also Samafarshim Rashi brings it, that Samafarshim say the opposite. They say that um, the less sinners died right away and the worst sinners died after um, a prolonged month of meat overconsumption. <laughs> Hashem knows that, there were, that it was a deeper complaint. Hashem obviously knows it's not about just the man and the meat. And it was kind of disappointing for Hashem. He was like, I came down at Har Sinai and I revealed myself. And he thought that that would kind of make the Yidin like, have a closer relationship. And instead, they kind of just complain. Um, and Maisha was saying, Maisha was saying, like, where are you going to get the meat from? And Hashem says, don't worry, my power is not limited. But Maisha knows that, obviously. He's just stalling. He tells Hashem, he's like, it's gonna, it's, he's like, it will look bad if you kill all those people like a last meal. It kind of looks cold. But Hashem says, if I just kill them, it will look like I killed them because I couldn't give them the meat. So Hashem says, and Maisha says, you know, it's not gonna work. They're still gonna find something to complain about. So Hashem and Maisha are kind of having this back and forth conversation. And this is where we ended off. Um, yeah, love you, dear and dearest. <laughs> okay, yesterday we left off in middle of a conversation between Hashem and Maisha. And basically, Maisha asks Hashem if he can have a chance to try and calm the Jews down before it turns into a punishment. And Hashem agrees. So, Maisha goes to the people and before he brings up anything about the meat, he appoints 70 new Zikanim in the way Hashem told him. 
and he tells the people, let's calm down and trust Hashem, but that doesn't work, unfortunately. So Maisha tells them, okay, fine. Hashem will start the meet starting tomorrow. And if you eat the meat, you will die. So it's up to you. If you want to eat the meat, that's on you. Now let's talk about how Maisha appointed these 70 Zikanim. So we have 12 Shvatim, maybe 13, I don't know. Um, but basically, Maisha is choosing from the taskmasters, and that would, if there were six from each Shevet, that would be 72. And Maisha picks 72 people, and he says, you are all worthy of being Zikanim. He doesn't want to have, he doesn't want to seem like there's any favoritism, and that two, because two Shvatim are going to have less than six. So what he does is he takes 72 papers and he writes Zakane on 70 of them and two of them he leaves blank and they pick a gyral so it's fair and they all gathered and 70 of them became the Zakadim. Now, the Shrina suddenly rests on these 70 Zakadim and all of a sudden they start like spouting Nevua. Out of them is just coming out Nevuah about what's going to happen in the future. Now, there were two people who didn't, who were called to go to the Mishkan to become Zikanim, but they didn't because they didn't feel like they were worthy. They didn't feel like they were worthy of becoming um, Zikanim, so they didn't go. But when the Shekhinah rested, it also rested on these two individuals. Eldad and Midad. Eldad and Midad. These two people, the Shekhinah rested on them, and suddenly they were saying Nevua also, where they were, not by the Mishkan. The Nevi'im that were by the Mishkan were saying Nevua about like what's going to happen in a few days. But these two, Eldad and Midad, they were saying that Maisha's going to die. Someone named Yahishua is going to be leader, is going to be the leader. They were like saying Nevua about what's going to happen in 40 years. And Gershom, Maisha's son, hears this and he runs to Maisha and he's like, what is happening? What's going on? And he's like, you know, people are saying Nevua in random places, blah, blah, blah. And Yahishua is freaked out. He's like, what? I can't take over. And he goes and he says to Maisha, he's like, let's just lock them up. They're saying crazy things. Let's put them away. But and his other suggestion was to give them a high position so that they'll be too busy to say all this. They're saying all this Navua. It's crazy. What's happening? Okay, now let's talk about the meat. So Hashem sweeps a crazy amount of quails out into the camp. And they were flying low above the camp. They weren't like all the way up in the sky. They were low enough that they can catch them. Some listened to some people listened to Maisha and they didn't take the meat, but some took it and died right away. And some died after a month, just like we discussed. And they named this place Kivras Hataava, which means the, the graves of desire because there were lots of death 
because of their desire. They died because of their desire. Now, now we're talking about Miriam's challenge. This happens in a place called Chatzeris. A month earlier, when Gershom heard the news from the Gairel, he ran to Maisha, and Miriam was standing next to Sephora, his wife, and Sephora says, I feel so bad for Eldad and Midad's wives. They're going to have to get divorced, like I had to. And a month later, Miriam is processing everything that Sephora said, right? So when My- Miriam is standing near Sephora, when Maisha hears the news from Gershom, And Sephora basically tells Miriam, like, I feel so bad. They're going to have to, for their wives, they're going to have to get divorced like I did. And a month later, Miriam is still processing that Sephora said. And she's talking to Arain and she's like, she thinks it's weird. Why did, why did Moshe and Sephora get divorced? Me and Arain, we get, we get Nivua and we weren't told to get divorced. So they were, they think that maybe they got the idea from the time of Mats and Tyra when Hashem told the women and men to separate for a few days so that they wouldn't be Tameh when Hashem would reveal himself. So they're basically talking about it to themselves. And the problem wasn't that they were curious, right? The problem was that they were gossiping about it instead of asking Maisha and Sephora directly. So... Here, Tzipora is called Isha Hakushis, which means the Ethiopian woman, because she was so beautiful inside and outside, just like it's obvious that a that an person is, that an Ethiopian, just like it's obvious that an Ethiopian woman is black. Like it calls her Isha Hakushis, the Ethiopian woman, because just like it's obvious that an Ethiopian woman is black or that a black woman is Ethiopian, so too Tzipora's beauty was so obvious on the inside and outside. And why did they get divorced? Now let's actually say, why did they get divorced? The reason is because Hashem told them to. Maisha's level of nevuah was much higher than Irene and Miriam's. He had to always be pure because Hashem could appear to him at any moment. And Maisha didn't publicize that to be humble. Maisha's Nevu was on a much higher level. It wasn't like, you know, once in a blue moon, in his sleep, whatever it is, Maisha, I mean, Maisha would get Nevua. Or like other people got Nevua. Maybe it was once in their lifetime or very rarely. But with Maisha, he could get Nevua at any time. So he had to always be pure so that Hashem would be able to tell him a Nevua. But that wasn't... Um, so that's why he had to separate from his wife. But he didn't publicize that because he didn't want to flaunt that, oh, look, I have such a high level of Nebuah. And yeah, that's it. Hey, guys. Um, I realized that there's a little part that got cut out of my recording. So I'm going to give it to you guys now. Okay, so we left off with Miriam um, talking to Tsipora. And her and Arin were kind of confused as to why 
Maisha and Sapporah got divorced. Miriam was like, me and Arin got Navua from Hashem and we never had to get divorced. So let's talk about it. Why did they get divorced? Really simply, because Hashem told them to. Maisha's level of Navua was much higher than his siblings. And so he had to always be ready because Hashem could appear to him at any time. Hashem could appear to him at any moment and be like, okay, Maisha, I need to come talk to you. So for that reason, Maisha always had to be pure. And Maisha didn't tell that to anyone because he was humble and he didn't want to flaunt and be like, oh, I can't, you know, be in a relationship because I have to be ready for God to talk to me at any time because I'm on a much higher spiritual level than you. So he didn't tell them. But Hashem suddenly calls Miriam and Arain to come to the Ayal Mayed to show them why Maisha and Zipporah had to get a divorce, like proof, you know? But Miriam and Arain, they weren't pure. They weren't Tahar at the time. And so they had to go to the mikvah before they can go to ha- to talk to Hashem, which is kind of what Hashem is trying to prove to them, that Maisha had to be ready at any moment. So there was a delay, but once they come to Hashem, Hashem tells them to come close because he doesn't want Maisha to overhear what he's going to say. He doesn't want Maisha to feel embarrassed. Um, and he says, Hashem tells them that Maisha got divorced because I told him to. His level of Navua is so high that he needs to always be pure. And what you spoke, Miriam, is Lashon Hara, right? Because Miriam was the one who kind of initiated the conversation. Um, and so my, Miriam spoke Lashon Hara. And suddenly, Arin looks at Miriam and she's covered in white Sarah's. And she needs to get checked by a Kaihane. But at that time, all of the Kaihanim were her close relatives. So they're not allowed to check because they kind of like have a bias. So there was there was no one for Miriam to go to to verify that she had Sarah. So they had a problem. So Arin runs to Maisha and he tells him to please Davin for Miriam. She has Sarah's and she needs to get cured. So Maisha says, Kel na rafa na la. Please, God, please heal her. And Maisha says a really short tefillah. And the reason why he says a really short tefillah is because he didn't want to get accused of make, making an extra long prayer for his sister, for family. He didn't want there to be any he didn't want anyone to be able to accuse him of favoritism towards his family like oh when i ask you to pray you make a really short prayer but for your family you make an extra long prayer you know so he specifically made a short prayer and right away miriam was cured but she still needed a seven day purification process and even though it was time to travel even though right you know that when it's time to travel the cloud kind of folds up on top of Shevet Yehuda, um, I'm pretty sure. I need to go back and check that one. But basically, the clouds indicated that it was time to travel. But the nation waited, even though it was time to travel. They waited the seven days for Miriam. And there's two reasons why they waited. Um, no, there's one. Okay, basically, 
The reason why they they waited was in the merit of her waiting by Misha in the basket when he was just a baby by the Nile. In the merit of Miriam waiting when Misha was a little baby, right by the Nile River, in that merit, the, the, the Yidin um, waited for her to be pure. And in that same merit, um, the tefillah that Misha Dov and Tashem worked right away, right? So in the merit of, of her waiting for Misha by the Nile River, two things happened. One, they because she waited for because she watched Misha when he was in the basket, they waited the seven days for her. And the tefillah that Misha Dov and Tashem worked really quickly. And that's that. Any questions, anything, please reach out to me. Good luck, guys. Mwah. Love you all. <laughs>